Hello, everybody. My name is Ray. Welcome to the Evangelical Dark Web. Tonight, we're going to be discussing the daily wire and unethical business models. So we're hoping to have a fun time. And we're hoping to kind of cut deep into a lot of the issues facing conservative conservatism, the culture war, even the church, because there are a lot of parallels between conservative Inc. and Big Eva. And, you know, we certainly love to point that out here. And uh, Anthony wrote the article about it. I did a couple of the videos or, yeah, I did the last video on it. So we're going to kind of combine forces because this story has developed since the last time I did a video on it, which was the other day. Uh, since then, both the Daily Wire and Jeremy Boring of the Daily Wire and uh, Stephen Crowder have each come out with their own. Uh, Daily Wire did a response video and Crowder did a rebuttal video that aired hours before the stream, although the stream was announced. And coincidentally, a lot of the points that Crowder makes in the his latest video kind of echoed the points that I wanted to make tonight and was hopefully made evident in the name of the stream, which was Daily Wire and Unethical Business Models. That seems to be a large focus on of a point that Crowder makes. So, Anthony, how are you doing tonight? All is well. I didn't expect the uh, latest bombshell to drop. But it's just like, dang, that happened. So, always good to see the uh, war escalate, because anytime someone's punching at Daily Wire on the right, it is a good day to end the movement. So, and the fact that Crowder is doing it is a huge moment in the, I guess, for a lot of... Uh, a nice awakening for a lot of people. Yeah. And for Crowder to wake up, I think is a really positive development. Like, I think this is a very positive development for Steven Crowder, especially in, again, I want to frame this as we were really critical of Steven Crowder all of last year, all of 2022. We were pretty critical of him. He ended up winning our bum of the year award uh, because he, he went soft and, Part of him going soft was, you know, first of all, you know, as a professing Christian, he doesn't have the biblical view on the life issue. And that's really clear. He doesn't have that. He's attacked the biblical view of it. He has a feminist view of this issue, and it's not biblically tenable. But otherwise, he's just been very normie-ish. And I, I don't want that, you know, you, you can't have one of the largest YouTube channels be so... I don't know, not much of a red pill anymore. Like, I, I think 2019 Steven Crowder versus 2022 Steven Crowder, like there was no question which one was better, which one delivered, which one was more harder cutting, like, you know, which one was actually winning or driving the culture war. But in 2022, I, I feel like he just went soft. And now he's come out in 2023, he's swinging and he's gotten hard again. So that's kind of my take on what's going on here. Yeah, I mean, again, I I felt like again I was watching a lot of his shows, especially in the first half of last year, and it was just a lack. I thought the quality had diminished, especially if you compare that to February of 2021, where he comes out swinging with this whole list of names of people that are on his crap list. Of he'll never talk to them again without you know major so, questions asked and answered, if I recall. So, 
Yeah, and it's interesting because I don't think the Blaze is really a factor in him going soft or not. Because first of all, I think his best years were with the Blaze. I think, you know, there's some really good years he had with the Blaze. You know, specifically 2019 was the year that I just referenced because I think that was his last great year. And, you know, I don't think the Blaze is what turned him, got him soft. Uh Second, and just to do a highlight on that, uh, Steve Dace is another Blaze TV contributor, professing Christian, and he got a contract renewal with the Blaze, a contract renewal that Steven Crowder did not get. And Steven Crowder, or Steve Dace, came out swinging his first episode of 2023. He came out swinging and went after Ben Shapiro uh, for what exactly? Do you recall? It had to do with like being weak on COVID and how he was also attacking the same people who were weak on COVID were the same people who were attacking the uh, holdouts the, in the house. Yeah. The congressional rebels. Yes. The terrorist. So that I, I, you know, so I don't think the blaze is the factor, but there is sort of a conservative ink industry. And to some degree, I think, you know, uh, Steve Dace specifically went after Ben Shapiro because Ben Shapiro had professional jealousy. It, you know, he was willing to, he was happy to endorse Steve's books when they weren't New York Times bestsellers or Amazon bestsellers. But once he got, you know, his books surpassed Ben Shapiro's books, you know, all of a sudden the endorse, like he didn't endorse uh, Fauci and Bargain or, and as far as I know, he's not endorsing Rise of the Fourth Reich, his latest uh, book that will be coming out this year. So, uh, TD, uh, says that watch Mark Dice's analysis on Crowder's thing from today seems Crowder just wanted more money. And I think that might be true for the blaze. He wanted more money from the blaze, but you I know, mean, let's be honest. You're not leaving the blaze. He probably offered you a contract unless it's because the contract was not enough money. But at the same time, I, I think Blaze would allow him to monetize his own streams if he wanted to, because I don't think they were restrictive on that angle, but they might have had distribution rights as far as like radio. Um, yeah. And the it, advertisements was up to him. So he had. But I think the Blaze had something to do with the advertisements. Uh, that, that's just kind of what I gather, because a lot of them use the same advertisers. But one thing that's really clear about uh, blaze tv was that you were selling blaze tv if you were a blaze tv contributor you were selling blaze tv that that was the point of of being one of their commentators was you were supposed to sell blaze blaze tv so steven crowder had created mug club and mug club folded into uh crtv at the time but then you know when they merged with blaze tv and i believe blaze was actually the head honcho on the merger not crtv as crowder articulated in his first video i've always heard it blaze was the uh, head honcho in that merger and you know all these promos because mug club was a promo code it came it came with a mug and i explained this in the last video it came with a mug but it was a promo code for blaze tv the what blaze tv was paying crowder for was the subscriptions that he would drive to blaze tv that's what they were paying him for and to me, that was a much healthier business model than, you know, Daily Wire owning you and you, you know, they they're paying you, but you bring in all the commissions and stuff like that. 
I mean, I, when I wrote about the well in December, when I wrote the uh, Crowder leaving Blaze, I I pretty much articulated it was all about the money. Let's be honest, Crowder was the customer acquisition cost for the Blaze. Doesn't matter what they're paying him, he was their cost to acquire new customers who would then pretty much filter into the rest of the ecosystem. I mean, I'm guessing the thoughts of Glenn Beck and crew were that they don't need him anymore because they have a pretty sustained audience. And maybe they also had other user metrics on the back end that pretty much made them, that convinced them otherwise that they don't need him. So, but at the end of the day, it was pretty much about money. And I'm guessing when you get an offer for 12 and a half million a year and you're already down to 80% of that, that pretty much knocks you down to 10 million, which is probably in the ballpark of uh, where Blaze was. I mean, which I guess comes across as more insulting. It's just like, oh, you're testing the free market. Oh, and then the other biggest fish in the sea offers you probably somewhere close to what uh, probably Blaze even was more. Well, I understand it's probably a little bit more, but like a lot more headaches for like probably a couple million more. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I think money was why you left the Blaze. Uh, I think that would be your number one reason because he never expressed, as far as I can tell, up until you know contract negotiations, he never really expressed any dissatisfaction with the Blaze, from what I can tell. Because uh, again, the purpose of Blaze was that you sell the subscription to Blaze. That's why you were a, a Blaze TV uh, host or whatever. So that was the purpose. But he had a grievance with the lack of portability for the people that he got the commission off of, you know, the people, his own customers that he acquired for the blaze TV, you know, he, he can't just transfer those elsewhere, which again is extremely reasonable on the blazes part. And I'm sure the blaze had a minimum, you know, content requirement that he had to fulfill. He had a obligation. And I don't think that obligation was 192 episodes. I think it was actually even lower uh you can comment on that uh i mean i did the math as far as the episode content goes i mean i mean if we're doing the trailing 12 months so that's basically all 2022 he produced 177 episodes and and going by uploads to blaze he had like 974 uploads which averaged out to about 182 uploads a year Though 182 I, uploads a year. This might be give or take because they have like, you know, if you he uploaded a trailer that's like five minutes long, that counted. But he uploaded 182 videos to the Blaze catalog each year for the five years from 17 to 22. Okay, so 192 would be a modest increase. Um, that was the Daily Wire's number, and I think you know, from as the far as boring video, it sounded like as, pretty low. That sounded like a pretty low number for their expectation. I mean, as far as live shows go, and this is live shows daily. We're talking about the daily episodes, not to change my mind. He did 160 in 2022, so they're asking for about 32 additional episodes of content that's about 20 like, okay, okay you're you're cutting out a little bit so you're saying they're asking for 32 episodes give or take they're asking for 20 percent more episodes of the live show and i calculated that 
and I included the election stream and the State of the Union into the live into the live show episode count. Right. So that's basically the uh, content that he was providing, but I, I kind of want to shift the conversation to let's talk, kind of talk about, uh, we talked a little bit about Crowder. Uh, let's actually talk about for a second on Crowder, how he got to where he is because daily wires, Jeremy boring when, you know, was a little audacious and I would say, you know, very petty to kind of argue that he's not a self-made man which I thought was extremely petty and just kind of a lie. Like you're taking pot shots and that's just frankly dishonest to say that he's not a self-made man. Like, you know, he's a, he got, he achieved being the number one conservative YouTube channel without being attached to a major conservative network. And I don't know when exactly he achieved that marker, but you know, it was certainly before the Blaze became the powerhouse that it is right now. Like Blaze is like number two, number three in the space. And he achieved he he did achieve that number one status prior to the Blaze being a powerhouse. There is something to be said about that. That is an accomplishment. And to say that he's not self-made, I think is just extremely dishonest and you know, just frankly, uh stems from butthurt my opinion I so mean, it's not like daily wire itself is self-made given that i think they you know seed money goes around so yeah exactly and jeremy boring was like well you didn't build the blaze so you're not self-made you were working for the blaze as though you know growing a channel which more people watched on his channel than the blaze wasn't an achievement in and of itself so uh the daily wire on the other hand I'll, we'll get to it in a second but First, uh, you know, just drop a like button and feel free to comment, comment, comment in the chat. We're going to be interacting with chat more than we have in the past few uh, live streams because this is more of a free flowing topic, uh, you know, than some of the other live streams we've been doing lately. So with that said, how did the Daily Wire get to where they are? Uh, obviously, you talk about seed money. They have financial investing and stuff like that. Uh pretty clear that's how a lot of businesses work but the major thing that set daily wire apart was they dominated facebook that is how daily wire got to where they're at they dominated facebook they dominated facebook while you know if you look at the number one most shared stories on facebook like links uh, news links you know they'd be daily wire articles maybe a fox news article but you know and part of that is because uh, the left media is so splintered, like there's a myriad of them. They are legion. But there's also, they also subdivide each brand. So it's not just like NBC, it's NBC politics, NBC with Lester Holt, NBC, NBC with or whatever. So their brands are also splintered as well. So that's one, one reason they're probably, so if you're looking at just individual, I guess, brands, brands then daily wire is just a uniform daily wire it's there's no daily wire entertainment it's, it's all the same well it has to do with stories like yeah. this story was shared the most this news article and they would be daily wire stories and that was kind of like a rebuttal against censorship on social media back in the day i, I can't remember when this day was but the idea of facebook shadow banning 
or suppressing conservative news sites. And then the left countered that narrative with the proof that Daily Wire was one of the most shared uh, uh, news outlets on Facebook. So that's how Daily Wire got huge because Facebook was bigger back then. I don't know how much bigger, how big they still are, but uh, obviously Twitter is huge now and bigger now even. And I think alternatives are rising up, but I don't think Daily Wire has much of a presence on them. And then YouTube. And the the math does check out. Like as far as Twitter goes, I think Twitter is the only censor uh, only platform that has really taken censorship action towards Daily Wire personalities. Uh, Matt Walsh, Jeremy Boring, and Michael Knowles, I believe, have all been suspended from Twitter briefly. I don't. They've never been deplatformed by Twitter, but they have been suspended briefly by Twitter. But I don't think any of them have been suspended by YouTube. I think, I think Matt Walsh got something like a, a slap on the wrist, relatively speaking. Yeah, from YouTube. Okay. But I think that's the only one. I mean, they'll complain well, he about, got community guidelines warning. I, I don't know what it was. But I know, like, obviously they don't. Uh, they ha- I mean, it's notorious that they generally elude uh, vast, uh, I guess, strikes bands and so forth unlike other commentators yes uh blaze tv commentators do not elude strikes so uh there's some competitive advantages that the daily wire has that other competitors do not have and one of those advantages is clear uh favorability on big tech platforms they they were huge on facebook that's how daily wire got to where they're at they were bit massively promoted on Facebook and then they kind of get a free pass on YouTube which is why uh they're you know they got a couple of accounts that are probably at a million subs right now well the other thing is that Daily Wire is a huge advertiser on Facebook I mean I know my Mark Dice will talk about how they advertise uh, uh Shapiro advertises 135 grand a month for the last or since like 2016 or something it's ridiculous and that's just him not including daily wire and their other personalities but he invests one hundred and thirty five thousand dollars a month trying to grow himself so when you're giving that kind of cheddar back to the back to zuckerberg yeah you'll get a little a couple bones here and there you'll lose yeah sh- you know what does banning. it what does it matter if they cancel lila rose's facebook ads if you know ben shapiro's still handing them Again, I get if ever I log into Facebook, it is Daily Wire ads or their personalities, the ones I especially don't like. So, Andrew Clavin, no, no, uh, Peterson with his Exodus okay. series. Oh, yes, yeah, we can talk about the unethic, unethical, or immoral. This is not just unethical, like ethics and morality are slightly different, there is a slight nuance to it. Because immorality, I'm referring to like you're violating God's law, and Jordan Peterson trying to, you know, teach the Bible is definitely, uh, yeah, it's definitely a uh, major red flag no-no. And you know, I don't think God's gonna take that lightly on Judgment Day. Should he not repent? Just saying. So, with that said, uh, uh, smart, simple, 
uh, Fitz says uh, love money is the root of many evils. And there are a lot of uh, Bible verses that come to mind for this discussion because, you know, as many prosperity preachers are wont to say, the Bible teaches a lot about money. Or maybe, you know, I should be like, you know, Dave Ramsey this. But, uh, and when you're talking about money, you're talking about business models. And, you know, we kind of discussed what the Blaze business model was where you're selling Blaze TV subscriptions and, you know, then they contract you for that. Daily Wire was basically more of like a TV studio in some ways, except perhaps worse than Disney. You know, as that's the industry joke. Crowder made that joke and maybe he's right. Uh, actually, maybe Fox News might be the worst, you know, if you got to you know, put up with Bill O'Reilly's locker or not locker room office or dressing room or whatever. I don't, I don't know. But, you know, I heard some. He likes his hot chocolate. It's okay. I, I guess. So, yeah. So maybe, you know, Fox News, but might've been the worst, but Tucker Carlson has basically commanded Fox News to like give him his own accommodations. So it's pretty interesting how you can push back on that. But uh, as far as uh, Daily Wire's business model goes, it's basically we're going to rely heavily on big tech for all streams of revenue. And then we're going to charge an outrageous am amount for a subscription for a monthly subscription because they're they're really expensive. Yeah, I mean, especially if you don't get the like the second year of Daily Wire is pretty much a Netflix subscription. And we're talking like the the best top tier 4K Netflix subscriptions. So. I need my 4K. <laughs> so, yeah, they're pretty expensive, and I get that. Yeah, you know, I I get it. Like people are investing. Well, people think they're investing in this because to support conservative media. But here's the thing: they have been so entrenched in big tech, relying on them for a monetary source that it affects their content. And we, this has been obvious for years. I did a survey of uh, new conservative news outlets to see which ones played ball with transgenderism. Ironically, Blaze News does, whereas Blaze TV does not. Well, Blaze is iffy. They're like 50-50. It, it has to do with it, their writers. Yeah, who whoever writes the articles. On and that's Blaze. what I've noticed. Like, the more based writers do not, but... You know, they got some cringe liberal writers at plays. Uh, Dave Urbinski, uh, the click, names. The clickbait uh, headliners. But Daily Wire most more often avoids gender gendered language, you know, on a transgender article. They more often than not avoid it. Uh, my wife did tell me that, you know, that's not the case anymore. Like she says, she's seen th some things that are uh opposed to that so maybe my study might be outdated but you know daily wire avoided the issue which was better than the norm anything salem you know they they went full bore on transgenderism anything salem so that's hot air that's i want to say pj media uh red state anything salem so, and Salem's one of the biggest players in the industry, but mostly because of terrestrial radio and they own a bunch of sites, Town Hall, which recently Town Hall did a very uh, based expose on the uh, pedophiles in Athens, Georgia, or something like that. So, 
Well, more to say on that, I don't know if I can do a video on that for YouTube without getting banned. Uh, but I'll do something on that for sure. So let's just catch up on some comments here. Uh, Scott says, I watched Ray's video about Crowder on the plane this afternoon. Two things. One, Crowder is banned from Fox News, so it's not their contract. Yeah, that's true. And then uh, two, uh, Ben Shapiro was Steve's lawyer prior to hiring half Asian Bill. And they're still somewhat sort of friendly. My guess is that the contract was either Salem or Blaze TV renewal. Uh, well, Scott, uh, to give you the latest update, uh, Daily Wire basically outed themselves and said it was us. And then Jeremy Boring put out a 52 minute video on this. And uh, I'm trying to think. And then Steven Crowder came out with a 15 minute video prior to this, which we'll touch on tonight, where he kind of does his rebuttal. And it's it's very interesting, but you know, Daily Wire is one of the only companies that has that kind of cash. Maybe Turning Point USA, Salem, maybe Turning Point USA more likely, and then you know Prager U is somewhere in the mix. Also, One American News is also very pro transgenderism. By the way, I bet a lot of people didn't know that. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, let's see, Jamie Starfish, I skipped your comment, so I'll get to it. Uh, give this, give this much to the blaze. Ali Beth Stucky and Steve Dace provide excellent content or excellent theology and cultural commentary to their viewers and listeners. I'd also uh, raise up Jason Whitlock. Yeah, he, he has Virgil Walker. He himself does not have good theology, and I I love Jason Whitlock, uh, and his commentary is great. But he himself is you know younger in the faith he's not fully developed on this but he's learning and getting better uh you saw him basically say walk away from michael todd and you love to see that and again i'm going to do a, a video on michael todd and his church coming up but it, it just gets keep getting pushed back because of all this other stuff going on uh so i i give him some credit as well and yeah, he, he also goes, gives you access to people like Delano Squires and Delano's. Yeah, he has a and, large and Virgil stable. Walker and uh, I guess TJ Chocolate, Chocolate Knox over at uh, Cross Politics. So he actually does integrate a lot of these extra voices that you know, are really you based. Yeah. So maybe you don't, if you don't have time to watch, uh, I guess, because I guess Virgil Walker's content, content is very long form. Very long form. So if you don't have time to watch that, I mean, he, every Wednesday, uh, he's generally on Whitlock. Uh, and then both of them have explicitly said that the Blaze has never once tried to control their views. Uh, TJ asks, what can I do on YouTube? Uh, so basically, there's a few articles that I just won't do YouTube videos on. Uh, I did one yesterday, or I wrote an article last night on uh, gays against groomers and how they, you know, they undermine their own name. So that, you know, that I didn't want to do a video on for, you know, censorship reasons. I'm not looking to get banned, but again, I will write articles on stuff. Yeah, and I do more articles than videos. So it's not like I'm afraid to talk about these subjects, but sometimes you just got to know the place. And, you know, in this uh, YouTube environment, you know, I, I get a little paranoid with how the algorithm works. So uh, and then upcoming is the article that Town Hall did on the uh, pedophile ring in Athens in, in Georgia. 
with the uh, adoptive parents that were, you know, filming and molesting their children. So it, it's a really graphic story. So for that reason, I don't really want to do it on YouTube. And the conclusions that I make will not be YouTube friendly either. So uh, you, you don't want to get like, you know, five or three strikes at once on YouTube because then you're done and stuff like that. Uh, the Herring family runs uh, running OAN are more libertarian. They love medical pot. Now, that, that makes sense. I mean, there was a time when OAN was like really based because like when Jack Pasebic was on there, they were doing uh, they were doing content on QAnon and Jack Pasebic did an entire expose on OAN exposing QAnon as this massive grift. And this was back in like 2017, 2018. And then, you know, Big Eva in 2020 all of a sudden wants to talk about QAnon. So, uh, so, and then did you see the rebuttal from Daily Wire? Yes, for the most part. I've seen like most of the relevant sections of that. I mean, the, I mean, stereotypes are, are true. I mean, it's 52 minutes long with that. And the it's kind of ridiculous that he the first 20 minutes of that entire rebuttal are worthless. It's just him. It's kind of like you baffle someone and just overload them with so much information. You get them on a yes train agreeing, oh, these points are reasonable. Well, yeah, because they weren't the points that were in contention. And then, I mean, Jeremy Boring is just very patronizing as a as a, and very douchey. I mean, I don't like it. Very yeah, patronizing, like, uh, very yeah, much. Again, when he says that Stephen Crowder is not a self-made man, that was extremely, like, just out of touch. That was petty and personal. Like, you know, that's not true. You know, I, and again, we've been very critical of Crowder in the past, but we have never said that he didn't work and earn his way to where he's at. We've mostly criticized him for losing the eye of the tiger, Rocky Three style. But. He promised you a dollar and says, and you say something that prevents him from getting that dollar, which he can then pay you because he promised you that dollar, then that's coming out of your cut. Meanwhile, if he gets $5 for that dollar he's paying you, he ain't giving you a, a second dollar to, I guess, overpay you for your for your labor. I mean, that's the math. He doesn't want to say, Oh, well, if I make $5 off Crowder, I'm still only going to pay him one because that's the deal we signed. And that's the projections I made when I signed them. But if I lose, if I only make 80 cents on that dollar, 80 cents back and still owe him a dollar, then I'm only going to pay him 80 cents. I mean, that's, that's the business practice he's literally trying to establish. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. Uh, Scott asks, see you on rumble then. Man, I have a Rumble account. The problem is Rumble sucks for an uploader. And what I mean by that is when I upload videos to YouTube, I have a description pre-populated. I like having a pre-populated description. And, you know, this is my complaint with podcasting as well. I want a pre-populated description. And they don't give you that. So... Maybe there's a setting for that, but Rumble's not very user-friendly from an upload standpoint. It's not even search-friendly. Yeah, yeah, that's true as well. I have like Rumble on a smart TV. It's not very search-friendly whatsoever. I mean, try but, uh So for that reason, and because I record videos with a deadline on I need to get to sleep because it's like 2 o'clock in the morning 
yeah, I'm not good. I need very quick processing and upload. So it's just not very friendly for like, trying how to I search, do content. Trying to search Nick Ricado on Rumbles is ridiculous. It's because especially if you don't, you know, you get that I and E. Uh, maybe Ricada sounds like an E R R I, even though it's R E. Again, just just searching is is difficult on Rumble. So, uh, uh, Jamie Starfish says, "Did you know that when Megan Basham left World Mag for Daily Wire, she immediately went hard after exposing regime evangelicals and started naming names?" World Mag editor editors refused to let her do that because all these magazines especially world mags like a charismatic magazine isn't it as well as like a super liberal one but they're all super liberal like relevant magazine sojourners magazine which is pretty obvious but they're like the soros backed one i think and then uh christianity today or compromise today as we like to call them and then you have Christian Post, who's literally running ADL talking point articles. They just published one of those yesterday. Actually, let me make sure my date's right. Uh, J okay, uh, yeah, the uh, Wednesday. Yes, so yesterday they published an ADL talking point article about how hard it is to be Jewish in this country. Uh, so, uh, and Scott says, I like OAN, but did you know that Steve met with uh, Robert Herring about a prime show on OAN about five years ago. He told me that Herring asked him about puppet shows. So weird. That does sound pretty weird. Uh, and then some discussion about rumble. Uh, so looks like we're pretty caught up on chat at the moment. So, uh, and uh, oh, Megan Basham has been on Right Response Ministries a lot. I got to see I mean, if I, I think, can get Megan Basham on here. I, I mean, and fun fact, and here's an, uh, here's an announcement. Uh, February 9th, we have Joel Webin coming on. February 9th. So you definitely want to subscribe so you don't miss that. So that should be a fun one. So where, where we're... Okay, so we talked about the business models of each of these uh, outlets. One of them, you know, Blaze is very self-made, or Blaze is all about selling the Blaze, and also radio as well, and radio and stuff like that, uh, and TV like Pluto TV. I imagine they get something from that, uh, and then Daily Wire is very much we're gonna big tech it, and then we're gonna do a very expensive subscription service behind that, and that that's made them a huge nine-figure enterprise huge so uh and then you know obviously one of the reasons i'm interested in, in this topic in general is because you know we're trying to build something here at evangelical dark web and you look at these models because right now you know I, i'd say we're closer to the daily wires business model in a way but you know because you know we are our own outlet but we don't rely on facebook monetization youtube monetization is a joke uh and not even a good one and then you know pretty much most of it comes from either google adsense or subscription revenue is basically how this works so you you kind of i'm very interested in the business model discussion of it but one thing that i always wanted to do was never build 
you know, you don't want to build a foundation on sand. You don't want to do that. And the way to build a foundation on sand is to rely so heavily on uh, big tech. If you rely, if you rely on big tech, you're going to fall apart very quickly. And we tried to build a site, uh, and, and not just me and Anthony, because Anthony wasn't involved in this process, but me and someone else that's you know on Team Evangelical Dark Web, we built the site to be as big tech proof as possible. Now, we've gone through censorship from Google Search. We're currently actually, you know, again, I've said this in the past. DuckDuckGo is actually worse on censorship than Google. DuckDuckGo is way worse. Uh, a year or two ago, DuckDuckGo and Google would have been rivaling each other because Google was suppressing us harder. Now Google's kind of let up the throttle a little bit because we got like more articles that kind of search uh, rank float to the top. But DuckDuckGo, like they, they probably like, you know, blacklisted us, I think. But uh, we don't rely on big tech other than YouTube. We, we even made sure we didn't go with MailChimp for our newsletter because MailChimp will censor you. So Daily Wire, they're, they're kind of, you know, they, they've lodged themselves into uh, big tech. And, you know, as a result, I think they've been compromised by that. Oh, I mean, it's definitely a compromise when you're basically, you know, you're giving them change back. So it's essentially pay to play, pay to keep playing. So big tech is essentially your mobster, your mob boss. And then all the daily, the daily wire is paying pretty much money for protection and they get, they get protection and they get uh promotion. Well, they get monopoly or not, mon not necessarily monopoly monopoly, but they get to be in the approved club. Uh, Jamie Starfish says I left DuckDuckGo for brave and, me too. And the reason why Brave, I think, is the best alternative search engine is because they have the best alternative image search engine. So that that's very critical for my usage because, you know, I, I need images for headlines and stuff like that. So uh, and then S Scott says Shapiro likes money. Daily Wire is funded by billionaires plus ads. Social media loves Daily Wire, and that's ad-based. And those social media companies and billionaires impose content restrictions on Daily Wire, you know, controlled. And it shows, and this especially showed in 2020. Like, it could not be more obvious than in 2020 that Daily Wire was controlled opposition. Ben Shapiro was incredibly weak on the issues. Well, I would say everyone on Daily Wire, and it's weird. It's yes, weird. Matt Walsh was literally saying you were going to kill your grandma. He was basically like, saying that. Matt, I want to say Matt Walsh and Michael Knowles both said that the local government has the right to lock you down, or state and local have the right to lock you down. That's federalism, blah, blah, blah. And Shapiro, of course, pro-lockdown. I think Clavin, like, I don't know where Clavin was, but I'm assuming he was pro-lockdown because I think he was all about protecting himself because he's old. Um and then I think it was ironic because I think it was Jeremy Boring's the only one at the time. And this was like May or whatever, 2020, who was saying that, no, not even local government has to lock you down. And then fast forward to 2021, you know, if you were a dictator, he'd mandate you get the jab. So a lot has changed. Yeah. And then 
And uh, Scott says boomers are the worst in the comments section. And, you know, there are good things about that generation, but there are also not so good things about that generation. And I think it shows in the sense that they were taught to watch Fox News and then Fox News increasingly became an enemy. But Fox News is falling off. But I think Daily Wire is mostly the ones supplanting them or, you know, the beneficiary of that. So let's kind of hop into Crowder's rebuttal video because I, I think this is a pretty interesting video. So uh, let's uh, I don't want to have to do this, but Daily Wire out of themselves very, very quickly. And sure enough, if you see all of the people who, who work there, um, some of whom I have relationships with, uh, they immediately tried to make this all about money. Here's the problem. There are a few problems, and I'll go through with some receipts. Um, everything that was said about negotiations, how they transpired, beyond the numerical value, which is true and I'll get to, uh, everything else is untrue. I, I don't really want to get into that. It's completely irrelevant. Here's why. Go back to the 20-something minute video, 30-minute video. You've never heard me say or write anywhere online that these offers weren't paying enough money. Why? Because it's not about the money. It's, it's, it's kind of unreal to me that the only thing these people can still talk about is the money. The conversation was about conservatism, the movement, and big tech. They keep talking about money. I'm talking about a country. I'm talking about a movement. I'm talking about making a difference. It's not about the money. And Jeremy and the Daily Wire know that. How do I know they know that? Because after... According to what he said, you know, I walked away from the offer. I did place one more call to the Daily Wire, and I made it very, very clear that it wasn't about money. That was not the topic of conversation. There was zero, as they've tried to portray this, miscommunication. It was one last call where the only thing that I asked for, my only demand, was their word, and not even for me, but for other people coming up facing these kinds of contracts so let's pause right here uh and i i gotta say it's such it's the lowest hanging fruit but you're throwing a you know you're hanging a curveball right down the middle and i gotta make this joke about you know ben shapiro's outlet being all about the money i i come on we gotta point that out I don't know. I'm, I'm getting Joker vibes. You know, it's not about the money. It's about the message. And, well, you know, yeah, so yeah like Crowder's Crowder. going Joker. So but... it's like you watched Dark Knight and came up with this uh, talking point. But, it, it, I mean, come on now. It, it's a little bit about the money. Let's not pretend that 12 the, It is a little billion. bit about the money. But I, I believe Crowder's sincere in this. Yes. Even if I think he left the blaze because of the money aspect. I don't. Yeah, I don't think he was insulted by the money so much as he was insulted by the fact that they were offering him money and then they were already taking him taking that money that they were offering down down a bit again i did car sales for three years so i know what it's like to walk up with someone with a deal and they see the internet price oh it's not you're already raising the price like several thousand dollars what the heck because you know new vehicles have what's called freight or destination basically the transport cost of a vehicle, it's like $1,600. And that's being added back to the internet price. 
then they're getting rebates they don't qualify for. Add it back to the internet price because everyone in the Mid Atlantic advertises without without their or with all the rebates applied. So, you know, I you know when you see the number that you, you were promised and then you read the fine print, oh, you're not getting that deal that you were promised. That's probably what he that's probably his reaction to the to seeing that, oh, you're taking 20 percent off the top already. And again, and that's him already. OK, your 12 million isn't exactly what you're asking for. Oh, it now it's 10 million. So, I mean, again, it, it, when you negotiate in bad faith, the money, the difference in money isn't necessarily uh, the most pressing element, but it's a little bit about the money. Yeah. And for, for, I, I think for Crowder, you know, yeah, they, they did, you know, start off with a high dollar amount and then just lower it from there. Uh, and that was, again, pretty disingenuous. You like, it's not perfect. In my opinion, it's not professional of them to, Look at someone like Steven Crowder, like, you know, the biggest name, one of the biggest names you could sign on that just went to free agency. You know, I, I want to make a lot of Lamar Jackson comparisons to Steven Crowder, but in terms of, you know, what he can do for conservatism, it is a lot more than what Lamar Jackson can do for an offense. So I want to like dispel that equivalency, but nonetheless, he's someone that's betting on himself in free agency. And you know, they're coming at him with like uh, basically saying, here's $50 million, but you are, you're already going to get penalized as soon as the ink is dry. That's a really stupid way to negotiate. And it just shows how, you know, connected that their business model is to big tech. And the point that Crowder is about to make is that it's not about the money. It's about their business model. That's the point that he ends up making in this video. So this is Jeremy Boring on the phone. Let's say it's a kid who comes in with 500,000 YouTube subscribers or something like that, 100,000. Let's say it's some other kid you're paying, you're paying six figures to come in and do it. There's, there's not the penalty of the demonetization or if they're removed from iTunes, Apple, YouTube. Yeah, sure there would be. And here's something else. I was also very measured. I was painstakingly clear in taking myself off the table because it wasn't going to be a right fit. That happens in business all the time. But that we weren't talking about me, we were talking about the futures of other people who could potentially be in that position, that very disconcerting position. No miscommunication. What I'm talking about is you're describing a model for everyone, a model for everyone, not just let's get, get rid of me here. Everyone, if there's a penalty for being demonetized on YouTube, because your business model requires that be a huge component of it, you need to change your business model or this movement cannot work, Jeremy. We, I can't imagine my show trying to come up and be beholden to YouTube advertiser guidelines, let, al let alone, I mean, honestly, being beholden from a conservative entity with hard strikes, right, being removed, but let alone being advertiser friendly. We know how broad those guidelines are. They, they might as well just read, don't say anything offensive, and they change them at the drop, drop of a hat. I'm not suggesting that the, that the uh, guidelines aren't terrible. I'm suggesting that if making money off of those platforms is part of how you're justifying the salary you're paying someone, then when, or the fee you're, well, I keep saying salary, the fee you're paying someone, then when those go away, 
everybody loses money. You can't pay the same amount with less revenue. How about you create a different business model? Now, I, I, I know what some of you are thinking. Of course, telling someone else, hey, hey change your business model. I, I get it. I'm in no position to say that unless instead of Monday morning quarterbacking it, um, here's the thing. I didn't just offer criticisms. I offered a guide on how to, here, here's the deal. I, I want to sit at the table with people who granted have an immense amount of power and have incredibly deep pockets. That is all true to be clear. And by the way, it's something that I want to have on our side of the aisle, but I offered a guide on how to do it. It is incumbent. This is what this is about. It is incumbent upon conservatives. If we believe what we say to uncouple, to divest, if you want to use that term from big tech, right? For the business models of the movement, as we move forward to not rely on playing ball with Facebook, and with YouTube, that is something that we have to move toward. You know that we've been trying to do that here for years. That's why every single show we say, hey, if you can watch on Rumble, please do so. We're not looking to be banned on YouTube, but we certainly won't compromise the truth um, in order to be advertiser friendly. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Daily Wire, Jeremy, and I really do hope that we can talk at some point. Please, you can pick up the phone. We've done that. We here have found a way to make that work. For proof, see election night, our numbers on Rumble there, and see the numbers on Rumble when we get suspended from YouTube. I think it was four times this last year, and I went to great lengths to communicate that to the people at Daily Wire. There can be no... So, here's the thing. Daily Wire has a business model that's not wholly, key operative word, wholly reliant on big tech they have a very expensive uh subscription service very high dollar they have that they have merch they have the, the advertisements as well so they got libraries multi, and stuff like that yeah multi-prong approach but i mean to say that oh we're not gonna send we're not you know the guidelines are ridiculous but that's why you say whatever after behind the paywall well again youtube terms of services could punish you for content outside outside the platform which is again why pretty sure that's why alex jones isn't on youtube because of or twitter or he's been pretty much deplatformed for behavior off the platforms right uh, nick fuentes i think uh, specifically was already pre-banned from like truth social and stuff like that uh m3 max says fake fake news there's a reason these guys are allowed to have their platform crowder's like i'll be on your i'll be your hero now trust me now i i want to push back in some ways because crowder is where he's at because of first mover advantage that that is key uh he he's where he's at because of first mover advantage and he is right that you can build a model that is not wholly dependent on big tech. And he has done that. The blaze has done that. Uh, Daily wire technically has that, but they want more. They, to me, they're greedy and they are selling out for two reasons. One, uh, so they can get the bag. The two is so they can cut out the competition. They can get the market share, which no, also think... translates to the bag. Oh, I think three is that they're not, they were never really that conservative. Yeah. They were never really that conservative. And again, you know, when you're only as strong as your worldview, 
I mean, it goes for most of, if not all, what's considered right-leaning media. Fox is the uh, Murdochs. Um, then you have, uh, we already discussed OAN with the Herrings. I mean, Newsmax isn't conservative at all. They, they never were. Went. They came and went. Well, they uh, sucked. Like, they, haven't they been around for like 20 years? And then they just had like a little boop after like Fox News's Arizona call. And then it's like, these people are like here, but they don't have the same level of talent as they do over at Fox News. And it's not even like, it's not even, you know, comparable. So, so and then, and then you have Glenn Beck being Mormon. So obviously that that's going to have some effects when you have Dave Rubin and some of these other personalities. And then of course, Daily Wire. And, you know, and that's kind of the point, like Steven Crowder's first mover advantage on YouTube. That's, that's why he's at where he's at. And, you know, like I said, the criticism of him is that he's lost his fastball. The eye of the tiger is gone and he's essentially become a gatekeeper in some ways and a normie con in other ways and it's not very helpful for the movement so he wants to talk about movement and i'm, I'm i want to have that conversation but he's been a gatekeeper for the movement yeah i mean but right now he's breaking he, he's doing a lot less of that so i want to be encouraging of that i mean uh, this is i mean kind of does have to do with uh, past behaviors the best indicative of future behavior where you know crowder i mean for all of 2022 he pretty much was avoiding the landmines he i mean he was probably six months behind steve dace on anything COVID related at the very six least. months is generous that's yeah that's being generous he i mean his take on replacement theory was soft softer than tucker carlson um, wait tucker carlson was soft on that issue no, Tucker Carlson's actually talked about replacement theory. So, and the fact that Crowder wants to do, it's not about race or whatever, but it's like it is because, and then they import third world people. They assimilate them with critical race theory. So, you know, it's they a get one, a two voting block that is going to vote for communism. Oh, you just let everyone into your country. They're going to vote for freedom. No, they won't. That's not how that works. And, you know, and that's the other thing. It's like, then you got the normie cons or the, not just the normie cons, but also the boomer cons. that think immigration is the best thing ever. And it's like, no, we, we need to have some limitations on legal immigration as well. It, we can't just have 10 million legal immigrants in one year. That's just going to, that is not manageable. And you don't see that in, you know, times of America's prosperity. You don't see that type of immig those immigration numbers uh, coming in like that. Again, you're going to see Crowder talk about helping people up the ladder, helping build a, a bench, a movement. But at the same time, his behavior has not been indicative that he even cares about building a bench. I mean, I mean, looking at his guest list, because I reviewed his entire catalog for the last year. I mean, the guests that he has on, they're not up and comers in the movement. He doesn't do that. He's not giving a guest appearance on another person's channel. Oftentimes, it's like his co-stars that'll like quarterback Garrett was big with nerd Roddick, So they had a connection there. Well, quarterback Garrett was Steven Crowder's up and yeah, comer. So the up and comers are allowed to be on Crowder and then leave Crowder. At least some of them. I, I know he had some falling outs with uh, some of the past people on his show. Uh, not gay Jared or, and Owen Benjamin people like that. You know, they had some falling outs with, but, and I don't know much about that. So don't ask, but, you know, people like Quarter Black Garrett were Stephen Crowder products. 
even I mean, to, down to the nickname. But I mean, you didn't really. I don't think he had one person that was really up and coming as a guest, not just like oh, they were. I mean, that wasn't. I mean, he had comedians. He had he'll get like UFC, UFC fighters, yeah, UFC fighters, and that's all fine. Obviously, the most conservative voice he might have had Han uh, might have been like a Carrie Lake, uh, Carrie Lake, Don Jr., Alex Jones. So he'll and get Carrie Lake's the person people. who got him flagged on YouTube lately. That would have cost him money at the Daily Wire. So that that's such a bad idea. Well, let's but... be honest. Would would uh, Daily Wire actually allow him to have Alex Jones on his platform? My guess is no, because they won't allow Kanye. They won't allow Kanye. I'm not sure if they'd allow Alex Jones. Although, you know, Alex Jones probably isn't out there praising Balenciaga. Uh, so, uh, one of the points that I want to make is that. Di- Steven Crowder made it big by being a conservative late night show. And I think part of the reason why he went soft is because he abandoned being a late night show. He became a morning show. I think it was part of it. And the late night show was really structured. It was really uh, entertaining. I I really liked the late night show and they did a lot of goofy segments uh, leading up to their Thursday night live stream. That was really good. And I think that's part of it. And when they were doing that, they were, again, making really good content and they were touching up on the issues. The problem is conservative media has changed and needed to change in a couple of key directions. One of them is we don't care what CNN is saying. We don't care what MSNBC is saying. I don't know what an Oliver, uh, what's John Oliver, John, I don't know what a John Oliver is and I don't care. I don't know what the view is, or I know what the view is, but you know what I mean. I don't know who's on the view, and I don't care. Straight homosexual male. We don't watch the view. Exactly. And and when you know, your demographic is probably- Bill Maher, Bill Maher, and then uh, John Stewart. We don't care what they say. So conservative media needs to actually move away, and I think to some degree has moved away. I'm not sure if that's entirely true. Well, I think from the, problem, the news wars. The problem is, I think it's too easy for them to fall into like uh, like matt walsh will go from doing what is a woman to oh got to talk about media matters no you don't have to talk about media matters because every time you're talking about media matters that's you're not talking about the actual issues that are affecting everyday americans that's just you perpetuating yourself as a character in the soap opera right and it's you know what's funny is glenn beck tweeted out an article that i wrote years ago that said that 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 was making this type of argument that i'm making now uh, so that's kind of interesting, but I don't know how much Glenn Beck uh, delves into news work type content because I don't watch Glenn Beck enough. I haven't really watched Glenn Beck since uh, probably about 2020, 2019. And, you know, even Glenn Beck had some pretty solid days back then. But, you know, because he talked about the Hunter Biden situation before, you know, the infamous Zelensky phone call that Trump had and got impeached over. So he was, this was already covered news. And conservative media did nothing about it. And then Glenn Beck completely falls for the COVID narrative after writing an entire book called The Overton Window, which is about a government-made disaster in order to impose tyranny. It's you know, it's literally the, the book that he's written happens in real life. It's a disease and not some sort of nuclear explosion. And he falls for the banana on the tailpipe. So uh Moving on. 
next to me, if the people at the top with, with you know, the financial resources are, are, are doing the bidding, that's, that's being the arm of big tech. What you just said is, well, we have to play ball with big tech if we want to make money. Well, I don't. Why don't you guys follow a model like I have and scale it? That's, that's what I've been doing since 2014. You know that. I've been trying to make sure, which I thought we were all doing, that we can all flip the bird to Silicon Valley. This is saying we, we need him and you need to play ball. And by the way, before some of you ask for this, um, look, there's always personal information uh, on, on phone calls. And uh, for the record, I've recorded three people on phone calls in my life. All three are involved with big tech. Just to be clear, the entire call transcript has been sent to others to verify without hopefully having to release the whole thing. Um, and I'll be on uh, Tim Pool's show, I believe, on Monday to talk about it. Now, this is something else that's been brought to my attention. Uh, that, uh, you know, look, some people have been sent out from, from Daily Wire and have gotten very, you know, very personal. Obviously, when we released this video, we, we didn't name names. And I told you there are a lot of people in the space who have made offers. And it is true. There are quite a few. And there are some others that have been pretty similar to this. This isn't um, an incredibly unique scenario, but there have been some good people out there, too. And we're still talking with them. So I do know that some people from Daily Wire have sort of have come out, maybe been instructed to. I have no idea. I don't care. Uh, and they've gotten very personal. I don't want to do that. At least I didn't want to. But now it's sort of necessary for me to do so. Um, so these are the only personal things I will say about the people at Daily Wire. Uh, I Andrew Clavin is one of my favorite people. What? Or Candace Owen. Uh, I believe Candace Owens got personal. Uh, really? Today as well. She attacked Stephen Crowder? I believe she did. I had heard that uh, Dave Rubin attacks Steven Crowder and he's from blaze. So I had heard about that. So Candace Owens, when was this? I believe she did it today, but I could be wrong. I'm uh okay. Yeah. She, uh, yeah, she basically, uh, went on so that he was asked and complained. Yeah. I thought she, I heard she was saying that, uh, she, he wanted 120 million or something, so he wanted Lamar Jackson money. You, you don't need, you don't need, or yeah, no one's really worth the Lamar Jackson money. Whatever he's going to get in this off season, because apparently they're gonna give him the money, which is really stupid. But I, I, I mean, I wouldn't have given Stephen Crowder the money just because I think his show was on decline. And for the reasons that we've talked about, I think you, know, you see it in the YouTube metrics for sure. I don't know if he's offset that on other platforms, be it Blaze or Rumble, but I mean, you don't want to bet on the person in decline. I mean, one reason you could is that you give them, you say, hey, and let's even be honest, you do 20 million a year, your top end subscriptions like 144 or whatever, you could raise that that puppy up at five bucks. In a, in a year and a half, you could raise your subscription renewal $5 times a million. That's another $5 million a year. Okay. Well, after we're done so, I mean, this, we'll look a, at the Candace Owens response. So there is a growth strategy. You can you can basically use Crowder to justify raising your sub prices. But I don't think they'd do that. I mean, to me, their sub prices were astronomical in the first place. Uh, that's just me. Of all time. He has an unbelievable skill 
to make you feel like the smartest guy in the room, even though I guarantee you he's smarter than you. There are very few people whose company I enjoy more than Andrew Clavin. Jordan Peterson is not only a friend, I would go to the wall for him. He's a guy who has changed the landscape of our country for the better. Can't say enough good things about him. Ben Shapiro is possibly the smartest person I know. That's as personal as I'll get. Now, uh, again, Jordan Peterson would not go wrong well for you. He's Andrew Clavin's just a heretic, and I, I, I'm not a fan of him. And then, yeah, Canadians stick together. Exactly. I mean, again, I don't, I don't yeah, actually yeah, think exactly. Ben Shapiro. I don't think Ben Shapiro is even that smart, honestly. Yeah, you went to school. He, he talks fast. Talking fast is not the same as intelligence. And the fact that he's been wrong on too many crucial issues. I mean, he's not. Yes. I don't. Well, here's the thing about Ben Shapiro. He's always last to be right on an issue. And I learned this not from COVID, but from the Russian collusion narrative. Ben Shapiro was very slow uh, to get on that, which I was very fast to be on that. I, I knew that was crap from the beginning because they rolled it out two days after Trump won the election, uh, November 8th, 2016. That's when they started the Russian collusion narrative. Well, I mean, two even, days after Trump won. Even the narrative itself is, doesn't pass a sniff, a sniff test. Uh, no reasonable Russians, person thought that this was a reasonable interfered with it through facebook trolling i mean that's that's a far-fetched narrative to begin with yeah that, that was dumb but ben shapiro waited until the very end to get on that on board with us uh even though i wasn't a trump fan all throughout maybe until the end of 2017 but i knew that that narrative was crap and for the record i mean stephen crowder kicked uh shapiro's butt in a debate they had a debate on, in 2020, they were arguing over Ohio versus Georgia, which one would go red, and Crowder kicked uh, Shapiro's butt and, and then was proven right. Because I think uh, Shapiro said that Ohio was going to go blue in 2020. So, and... And it's not that he's not smart. I just think he's not necessarily on our side. And I think you're right about the fast talking makes him sound smarter. But... He's late to be right on the issue. And to me, that has to do with what's allowable to big tech. Here's the thing. Only after that final call, after negotiations had followed through, uh, pleading on the side of principle and knowing that it was completely met with deaf ears, did I come out like I did? See, here's the thing. Daily, they keep talking about a business well, I walked away from the table because I'm talking like it's about a country, about a movement. And this is the thing, the response that I've heard over the years, it's not just now. I've been doing this for a long time. You constantly hear, it's just business. It's just business. Well, guess what? It's not to me. Sure, I run a business, but it's not just business. And let me ask you, when have you ever heard someone say it's just business when they're doing the right thing? Ever hear someone give $250,000 to charity and say it's just business? And here's something that I would like to ask you, because I know that they've tried to play the identity politics and, you know, misrepresent the whole uh, financial situation. But yeah, over the course of four or five years, the total operational budget, meaning 25, 30 employees, all of the costs, security, health insurance, would have been somewhere in the, uh, the, the $50 million ballpark uh, for that total operational budget. That is true. Okay. First off, I think it's a good thing for conservative companies out there to be gener generating or capable of generating far more than that. It'd be better than just Disney and just Netflix and just Hulu Plus. And 
I'd like the people who are in charge of that to be people who are willing to walk away from that if it comes with strings attached, with people who hate everything you stand for. So let's take that at face value, okay? I want you to ask yourself this question, okay? Put yourself in my shoes. What would it take, how much do your principles matter to you? What kind of a headspace would you have to be in to walk away full stop from $50 million? Lamar Jackson. I'm asking even further. What would it take for you to be willing to walk away from at least $50 million because of it causing harm to someone else that doesn't even affect you? But the next kid. I've talked about this, you know, you have it in comedy. I don't, I'm never going to be the guy who pulls the ladder up after me. What motivates me is not money. Of course, everyone here likes nice things. They want to make a living. You've heard me say this many times. I want to pass the torch. I want there to be someone else to do this. It can't happen if this is how our movement is structured. And, and you know that, by the way, this could do irreparable damage to the movement, the country, and the people who've fought so hard for the ground gained if we've decided to get in bed with these people who want to strip it away. I'm asking, would you walk away? What would it take for you to walk away from $50 million? Well, because that. it's true. That's exactly what I did. So it's $50 million over four years, which well, let's you know, it's still a lot of money, but let's be clear about it's not $50 million a year which I thought it was like $20 million a year based off yeah. the, uh, the penalties. Yeah. The penalties. the penalties are like, you could, he could literally be negative on penalties, but mathematically speaking. Yeah. But I mean, well, first of all, if you have a lot of principles, odds are you're not getting a $50 million deal from daily wire. First of all, um, the well, second, it wasn't a serious deal if they include the YouTube monetization. So I'm not sure if that's entirely fair, but well, still, I mean, I don't think, like if, if Crowder was edgier, they probably would have been like, eh, not today. But it, it, kind of like how Fox News, of course, blacklist them. So, I mean, I think there's a certain level of principle. If you have principles, you're probably not getting a, a deal from da Daily Wire. I mean, I don't think Steve Dace is get, would ever get a deal from Daily Wire. I just want to read this comment because I kind of want to throw a question, uh, ask a question for clarification. Ever notice how these types, probably referring to Crowder, get right up next to Christianity, but divide with God's absolutes and Christians that are supposedly judgmental? I'm not sure if I've noticed Crowder doing that, but again, I haven't watched his content regularly in a while. That's kind of uh, sad. Especially that... theological content, but I'm not sure if I've seen him do this specifically. But I know, like I said, he's compromised on the life issue because he's chosen a feminist he, he's feminist on the abortion question. He's not Christian on that issue. I mean, so I'm not, I, I, I'm curious as to uh, any specifics that can flesh that question well, out. It's, it's kind of sad that he lists the three people at Daily Wire he kind of likes, and it's like neither, none of them are Christian. I mean, and I understand he's probably not going to know Megan Basham, which again, he, you know, have Megan Basham on your show. That might prove that you're trying to help the people up the ladder, but. You know, I mean, you didn't even do the Catholic. I like these two Catholics at Daily Wire with like Walsh or whoever. The Walsh would probably be a, a perfect fit for that comment simply because he doesn't 
argue presuppositional apologetics, and that's why Joe Rogan uh, frustrated him on the gay marriage question. Yeah, because he doesn't want to. Well, don't God's don't let loose. don't let uh, Cody Libel hear you say that. Yeah, don't let him hear you say that because he actually unfollowed me on Twitter this week. Just a quick story because he was supporting someone attacking James White over something that was a nothing burger. Uh, he's like, you know, watch out for these so-called go-to experts because they're just trying to market themselves. And they showed a clip of James White saying that he was a good, he became a go-to expert on a subject and the clip was cut. So he didn't know what subject he was talking about and talked about how he was doing apologetics on the subject or in addition to all sorts of other subjects. It was a really weird nothing burger that Cody Leibold, you know, decided to like unfollow me from Twitter over because I, you know, I wasn't afraid to disagree with him, but apparently uh, his his big issue is uh, presuppositional apologetics. If you believe in that, he, he goes after you, which is really stupid. There's a really stupid dividing line in the faith. But uh, anyway. It's exactly what I'm doing. And so long as these contracts out there include enforcement of big tech, of punishing conservative creators on behalf of the people we claim to fight and the people who have long since demonetized us and can't stand me and part of me doesn't blame them as long as these contracts include that not even for me but the next person i wouldn't take a billion dollars and certainly not if you understand in context when behind closed doors i know and these people know and acknowledge exactly what's being done to the next generation of creators. Bench talent, young talent, they don't get deals like this. So they, get, they don't get deals they, they, that... They can be wage slaves for a little bit, come over and make a salary and grow their brand. That you then own? Well, I own parts of it. I don't own it. They can, when their contract's up, they can still go out and they'll still be famous. They can keep doing their show, so go do a show somewhere else. They'll be in a far, far, far better place. You help to make them. No, not not long at this contract. This contract owns it in perpetuity even after the contract. You're paying a lease but getting ownership. That's what this contract on the, reads. On the content that we paid to produce, yes. You know, look, I understand there are going to be differing opinions on this. I understand that. Um, as someone who does run a business and has to 20, I think maybe 25 employees, I don't know, we're expanding. Um, I understand people run businesses differently and have different priorities. Here's the thing. I... I would genuinely still, Daily Wire, Jeremy, love to sit down at the table and explain to you how you can make all of this work, how you can scale what we do and not have to be beholden to the people who, we, we all go out and claim that we're fighting, and especially with all of the financial resources that you have, which by the way are very impressive. And by the way, uh, since fielding requests for people who've sent this in uh, under, uh, who, you guys are under these kind. So let's kind of talk about that, the pulling the ladder uh, oh. as you're at the top comment, because you, you, you see this a lot, especially in Hollywood. You know, Peter Dinklage, you know, criticizing, I believe it was the Disney show Willow for casting like actual dwarves. Uh, you know, he thought that that was exploitative, I guess, but it's like, 
that's the career opportunity that these people have. Or Scarlett Johansson saying no to sexualized char female characters. But it's like, how did you make a living? Because you're not that great of an actress. Like Scarlett Johansson in most movies I've seen her in gets completely outacted by someone else. You know, even Florence Pugh uh, can outact, you know, Scarlett Johansson. And then uh, who's the, and Adam Driver in that one Netflix movie that they were in just completely blows her out of the water in every scene they have together. So she didn't get up there by being an actor. Well, I mean, I'll give boring some credit. I'm again, not a fan, but I do think he's right in that last audio that, yeah, I mean, you know, you pay for the content, you own it similar. I mean, again, blaze still has Crowder's back catalog as of right now. So they still have that. That didn't go away just because he's the no blaze longer. is though very slow to get rid of the content that's legacy. They're very slow to do that. They had John Miller. Uh, they had his episodes up there for a long time after he was no longer with the blaze. And I liked him. He was pretty based uh, very well sharp, you know, sharp dressed man. I think he was a white house correspondent for them, but uh, nonetheless, uh, they're, they're slow. I'm pretty sure they still have Elijah Schaefer's show on there. So they're, they're slow with that. And uh, I, I'm not sure if I completely agree, because if you're a contractor versus an employee, they wouldn't have this issue. Uh, Crowder would actually be an employee under this deal. And it's kind of like you're you know, designing patent material for a car company. And they own the patent because they paid you to make the invention and you don't own it, even though that it was your work. Or it's like a movie studio owning the movie rights, you know, but again, he could always be like a George Lucas and make Lucas films and just have someone else be the distributor. I mean, I get what Jeremy Boring's saying, but the idea that once you leave, the content's no longer yours. It's in perpetuity theirs. No, the content. Not sure I agree they, with that. The content that they make in the next four years belongs to them, which I agree. It, you know, it's Daily Wire produced or whatever. But again, it can I still mean, have their letterhead, but as far as YouTube monetization and yeah, I don't other think, stuff, well, I don't know how that works. No, I think he's just talking about the back catalog. But where like they they would have it on Daily Wire subscription. Well, that that's that makes sense in one way, but that doesn't make sense for say YouTube monetization. No, that's not. You want the question. you want the person after they leave to cut you a check for this video's individual ad revenue or super thanks? That doesn't make sense at all. So I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how enforceable that is. I mean, it's mathematically enforceable, but practically speaking. You know, they would have to have they would have to maintain access to your account to know that you're being honest with them. So I, I don't get that at all. Because, again, at the end of the day, it makes sense that they can have an ownership, but how can they monetize it if it's on your YouTube account, if it's on your podcast RSS feed, if it's, you know, moved by you? How do they how how does the camel's nose stay under the tent? in this situation. So I'm not like, I understand what you're saying, but you're, 
saying it as though this is a TV show that they're, you know, producing and distributing. It, it, I don't think it works like that. No, I think I, it, I, I, mean, I think I just articulated how it doesn't work like that. I mean, yeah, the outside Daily Wire stuff probably doesn't work like that. But as far as they would just have it on their streaming service in perpetuity, as far as the four years or or whatever other content they make, but. But again, I mean, Daily Wire isn't really interested in helping up in newcomers. I mean, literally this time last year, they launched Brett Cooper as a thing. The comment section with Brett Cooper to take advantage of simp culture on the American right. And she got yeah. a million subs. Is it she has a million subs on YouTube just she, from being a hot female Ben Shapiro. Like, cause that, that was her claim to fame was looking like a female version of Ben Shapiro. That's also hot. Cause I've seen her on like guest appearances, you know, she's average. Below I mean, she's, average. An act, she's an actress who did a one show that like one show on a Paramount that I've never heard of called Heather's. And that's pretty much it. Oh, okay. uh, so Scott she, says that's Abby Shapiro. And yes, there is like Ben Shapiro's sister or whatever that, uh, is making also, content yes. now. It's like, oh, the hot female Ben. Oh, yeah, the yes, yeah, but no, but this is Brett Cooper's like claim to fame, though. Like, this is like her pin tweet is someone saying that she looks like a female Ben Shapiro. And according to uh, Social Blade, her channel makes uh, anywhere between twenty thousand and three hundred and thirty-four thousand dollars a a month. And her channel make could make upwards of four million a year. Again, I highly doubt she's getting a large chunk of that money. And you can bet the rookie actress is probably getting paid pennies on the dollar, literally. So that's how they're paying Crowder. Let's be honest; they're using her. Well, except her they couldn't get Crowder remonetized unless they really do have the inside connection. In, in fact, if Crowder were to take that deal and then got remonetized on YouTube. You'd know something was up. And. Okay. So we got some comments on the debate about whether she looks like Ben Shapiro. They do. Uh, Z seven plant says that I'm not or, saying I don't like, I'm not yeah, saying I came to like that ben. conclusion naturally, but you're seeing, Scott you're says seeing. they both look, you know, calm down. There's enough Ben Shapiro lookalikes for everyone is basically what Scott's saying here. I understand it. And it's doesn't something. actually understand the appeal. Within uh, her comment section, that comment gets up. So it's like, now that someone said it, I, I see it too. So it's not like I would come to that conclusion naturally. But that's like one of her claims of fame though. And that's sad. And that's basically, uh, again, Daily Wire it's is not culture. interested. In helping out up and coming, they're interested in astroturfing, and that's exactly what they did. And you know, when I guess Steve Dacer in his show will say that the people are the problem, those million subs that is the problem that they just buy it hook, line, and sinker. Again, she's like, I mean, she might be like 22, 23, but you know, why am I going to care what someone younger than me thinks? Well, if they have something interesting to say, like John Doyle is younger than us. Yeah. But again, he has interesting things to say. And, you know, a lot of people in this audience are probably older than me. I know my audience skews lower, younger for sure. But uh, in general, you have to have something interesting to say. You have to bring something to the table. You know, the Christian news gathering is what I bring to the table because let's face it, 
I'm not, you know, the go-to authoritative source on theological debates. I'm not James White. I'm not these things, but I can do this. You know, you, you maximize your specialties. And I was thinking about for the streams, like if I wanted to sell out, what would be the way that I would sell out and grow my channel the fastest? And you know what I came up with? Let's see. Not not like low-hanging fruit and just... That's possible, but there's a lot of that. Uh, Scott says you're our James White, Ray. I, 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 get, I, I take that as a compliment. But the fastest way, because, you know, to build a Christian YouTube channel, at least for my lane, it's like, I don't think I could compete with prosperity preachers. I couldn't compete with that. I couldn't compete with the self-help myriads of self-help people. So what, apologetic, apologetics or something? No, the conclusion I came up with was simping for John MacArthur, Vody Bauckham and the like would be the fastest way that I could grow this channel. That was my conclusion. And you know, I have nothing against doing positive videos on anything John MacArthur or uh, Vody Bauckham do, uh, but I, I, you know, I'm not interested in just uh, you know riding those people in their coattails. I'm not really interested. And Brian Babe says, "Be like Ruslan," but the thing is, Ruslan had a music career prior to launching YouTube, so he he kind of did. He kind of did what Steven Crowder did from a comedy standpoint, except, with, you know, he did it with comedy and he did it with uh, music where he kind of left that. You know how you don't grow a channel? I don't listen to James White enough to know whether this is true or not. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I, you know I, I'm you... just using him as an example because he's very smart and articulated in debate. And you know get... how you don't grow a channel? What? Attacking Doug Wilson. <laughs> You know, but that video is going to be a net positive. But you're right. I didn't do that video to grow the channel. I did that video because he's compromised on the side B theology issue and is in denial about it. He wants to insist that we don't understand him. No, we understand him. I understood what you were saying in the videos. I understood what you were saying in your 4,300 word response article. I understood it. It was wrong. And he made a Christological error, in my opinion, uh, that I didn't talk about because I missed it. But I, when I was watching David Morrill do his live stream on it, uh, he pointed or he made light reference to that and pointed that out. I'm like, wow, he made a Christological error here. So, yeah, I mean, people. And so I'm not selling out to grow this channel. And. Yeah, and then Berean Babe says, Doug has many enemies. It won't affect your channel. But it will affect my uh, ability to get a book published on Canon Press. But that, but that's so, the whole point. And it might affect any relationship I have with any of the other people in the Moscow orbit. So that's, that's, the, uh, that's where Big Eva and Conservative Inc. kind of interact a lot. You diss Fox News or you diss CPAC. You don't get invited at these things and stuff like that. It, it works the same way and perhaps they got there by being this way or the people or conservative Inc took their notes from big Eva to be like this. It, it might be like that. So uh, perhaps we should finish up the uh, video. It looks like we only got like two minutes left. Exactly. 
kinds of contracts, right? You've sent in your emails. If you're looking uh, to either join a network or looking to navigate these contracts, we've been flooded. I'm going to try and get to all of you. But here's the thing. Let me give you my word right now, my word. Everyone, you can timestamp it, call me on it. Here at Mug Club, we will never take any ownership over your social media platforms or your channels. And I don't want a dime ever of your YouTube revenue. You make your own decision as to whether you want to be monetized or not. Some people want to, some people don't. I just have a problem with requiring that you do and penalizing you if you don't. And to Daily Wire, to the rest of the people out there, give me a call and look, let me put it this way. If you give me your word, this is all that matters here. Just give me your word that there will never be a clause in a contract again for some unsuspecting kid or someone who doesn't have the luxury to walk away from $50 million, as I did, true, guilty as charged. Give me your word that you will not penalize them 25% for demonetization, another 20% for a strike, another 20% for Facebook, Spotify, Apple, up to 80%. Just give me your word that that clause, that that spirit will not be in any contract sent out to anyone else who's at the front lines fighting for this country, and we're done. All of this stops right now. You will never hear from me again. I will go out and sing your praises. You can pick up the phone. You have my word. That's all it is. That's all this is about. In the interim, to everyone else, StopBigCon.com. So he's floating his email address at the end. And I'm going to give a full disclosure. I did email his thing just to see what he's offering. You know, if it's a good deal for this, then I'd, I'd consider doing business. But, you know, obviously I know how to walk away from a deal. Uh, I, do, I did walk away from a book or I did walk away from a book deal because it wasn't a good fit. They were going to sanitize what I was going to say. Uh, and I didn't want to deal with the hassle of trying to, you know, make my message more palatable for the masses, especially since I wrote some pretty offensive things. Uh, I mean, it really doesn't the, matter. Well, I mean, back to, back to the prior section of conversation, it doesn't really matter if Daily Wire includes that section or not. They're just going to ask your turf liberals as conservatives. I mean, as they've been doing the, the Brett Cooper thing is fascinating because, again, the Daily Wire signed her probably low and they're maybe getting not high. super low and they're going to sell her high when whenever that deal comes out. But because she rode simp culture to get there, they're just she's going to have very little worth once she leaves unless she starts like an only fan. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that uh, unless she goes down that way and they're just going to hire the next simp culture to, you know, the next simp. Uh, Magnet. Mountain uh, magnet, the next simp magnet, and then that's going to be who they have to replace Brett Cooper when she's gone. They're just going to repeat that same cycle. So not everyone, you know. So got, they don't. I'm not saying every female that's big in conservatism got there because of looks. Like Ali Beth Stuckey, who we mentioned previously in the stream, definitely did not get there uh, because she's like attractive or whatever. That's not why she's famous. I don't think. I don't get the appeal of Megan Kelly, but I know there's more to it than looks. Candace no, Owens. She was, 
mostly because she's black. Well, let's be Megan real. Kelly's but... Fox News uh, stereotype. Tommy right. Laren, yes, and yeah, that that is your classic simp culture. But earlier, before simp was really in the lexicon, and then she's pro-abortion, and then I think that got her fired from Blaze TV, which was pretty based, if if true. Uh, but I don't. Yeah, again, they're gonna chew her up and spit her out because she's basically a slave to Daily Wire in in one sense. In one sense, she's basically tied. She's yoked to them, I think is the best way to put it. She's yoked to them. And if she leaves, good luck. Good luck. Because, you know, simp culture won't last forever. But yeah, and that's that's what they'll do. They don't need to hire outside talent. They'll just develop their own, have them regurgitate talking points. Well, they didn't develop her. They they recruited her. They bought her low and yeah, but... rode her up. They I mean, rallied her stock really high. And... I don't see the talent there. So let's get this Candace Owens clip. This is on the post-millennial. I'll get this up and running because being a live show, some of your live prep you do on the spot. Now, Brian, you're saying, what if Candace leaves Daily Wire and Jordan's louder? I mean, the problem the problem is Crowder doesn't have a history of collaboration. So it's like, you know, Elijah Schaefer should join Crowder. Well, he only was on Crowder. Like, I don't know, twice, twice, if even when he was at the blaze. So um, again, it goes back to past behaviors, the best predictor of future behavior. And he doesn't have, I mean, he might have Candace Owens on, like maybe he's had her on once, but like the idea of regular, collaboration with other creators is not something that Crowder has historically done. Yeah, not with someone other than like a Gavin McInnes. And I didn't even know who that was outside of Crowder. I, I still don't know what he is. Uh, so I got this clip from Candace and she takes a shot at uh, she takes a shot at Crowder. Everyone from Alex Jones to Ben Shapiro to Paul Joseph Watson, Mike Cernovich is somebody that I call and ask for advice from time to time. Jack Posobiec, like I, I'm a kind of person that judges people based on how they treat people, right? I'm not interested in dabbling in this nonsense, um, nonsense from time to time that appears and then goes away and ebbs and flows. This situation, though, was different because. Hold up. Well, she that ain't true. People on how they treat people. No, like she doesn't get into drama and start drama and stuff like that. I mean, there's one really? obvious reason why that's a lie. What, because she was on Dave Rubin's show with Blair White years ago? No, I was going to say because she's a woman, but <laughs> hey, oh, come on. Uh, but no, come on. She was totally, she's totally into that. And then, uh, why know, don't you? There was rumors about her beefing with Ben Shapiro not too long ago, but. It's interesting that she comes out in favor and you've seen that a lot is like a lot of people have come out in favor of Daily Wire that are from the Daily Wire, which shocker, but still. As basically Stephen Crowder decided to launch a war and didn't really care who got hit, you know, with the shrapnel, right? He comes out, he makes this glorious video, which it's shocking to me that people cannot see the amount of acting that was going into this. We all understand he was a childhood actor. He was on, he, I loved that show, Arthur. He was the. He played the brain in Arthur. 
as if you would have known that at the time. And I mean, and Arthur relied heavily on child actors. Are we going to pretend that Jeremy Boring wasn't the actor between the two? I thought the guy he... acting like the patronizing adult in the room. Like, come on now. And the, oh yeah, Jeremy Boring, whose character of treating, who called a Jewish person anti-Semitic for being anti-Zionist. So, yeah. yeah, so that's Jeremy Boring's character. I mean, he played, the, he voice acted the brain on Arthur, which is is Arthur's brain. It's like Arthur's inner monologue. So it's a minor character. <laughs> this isn't like a major character here. And he said, according to Crowder, he got that role because he could pronounce a word. I forget what the word was, but he was able to say a word that other kids could not say. The brain, like he he is an actor. At the end of the day, he's an actor. It's also why he's so entertaining when it comes to politics. He's a talented person. But that people cannot discern the amount of acting that has gone on in this is stunning to me. I don't know where people's discernment, what's gone on with discernment, where you can't just spiritually discern that mm, this feels a little weird, right? You're recording conversations with someone that you have told us you are friends with forever. Oh, and by the way, at the end of you saying that you're just trying to do the right thing, you're also saying, I'm going to launch my own thing, right? So just when I first saw the first video that he dropped, obviously, I'm not privy to that's a non sequitur that we're friends. And by the way, I'm going to launch my own thing. That's a non sequitur. Negotiations no. that happened on the Daily Wire. I had no idea they were negotiating with Steven Crowder. Again, not my business. I came into work one day. Suddenly, Brett Cooper was there. Not my business. I don't know who they're hiring. I don't own the company, right? But what I started getting was after I had dropped my podcast in the comment section, everyone was basically tearing me apart, being like, blink twice if you need help for a single, like I'm a hostage situation or saying, what, if you don't say anything about Steven Crowder, you're a fraud, you're a fraud. Just like suddenly you're a fraud, you're a fraud. So I go and I watch this video and just like everybody else watching it live, his first video, your instincts are like, whoa, he's throwing some bombs. He's calling it big con. He's saying essentially that we are enslaved by these contract terms. Uh, he actually uses the term enslavement. If you don't want to be a slave, you know, you, you maybe you'll come work. I'm going to figure it out for all of us. Like you're a hero, you're a martyr. And because I was getting so many comments, the first thing I did was that I messaged my EP and I said, we have to cover this tomorrow on the show because now everyone thinks I'm a fraud and they think that I've signed with fraudulent terms or slave-like terms. And that's so totally unfair to me. So my interest in this is that it, it, hit me and it hit everybody else at the daily wire and it was unfair she totally signed those same terms they were probably the same it's probably the same contract form and everything she should recognize it like she probably has a file somewhere yeah i mean i think it's i, I think that's a little wild like i again i was very anti candace owens you know years ago because she was a she is famous because she's black there's nothing else. There was really nothing else there. And if you want to really look into her backstory, you look at a or first of all, she was a victim of a hate crime many years ago. So, yeah, a lot of drama there. Uh, and secondly, then she tried to form an anti-bullying uh, website, which was an anti-free speech website called Social Autopsy. She did a Kickstarter for it, but it got kicked off. Uh, it got banned from Kickstarter. The company never really uh, took off at all. And then she tried to get, you know, go into the victimhood grift with the Gamergate hose. And then they said that her idea of social autopsy sucked, which it did. It objectively was a bad idea. And they said so. So she had a falling out with the Gamergate hose. And then she built a right wing community from that falling out with the Gamergate hose. That is 
how Candace Owens got to where she is. She was the black, red-pilled Republican girl who, you know, the summer of 2016, maybe it was slightly earlier, but, like, she was making, you know, jokes about Donald Trump. She was anti-Trump then. So it's like, when did the change happen? When did the red-pilling happen? And, you know, there was a point in time where I'm like, okay, maybe she's actually on her side because, you know, she's actually one of the most right-wing voices at Daily Wire as far as their podcast personalities go. So maybe there was a change and she's been beefing with uh, Ben Shapiro over the Kanye West stuff, rumor has it. You kind of wonder. But this clip right there was like, like, come on. Come on. She's going to act like people weren't asking her like several months back if she was controlled. So, I mean... And by several months, which months are you talking about? Uh, November, or the Kanye stuff. Okay, Kanye stuff. Yeah, completely. I mean, the rumor, or according to Kanye, that Ben Shapiro wouldn't let uh, him on her show. That's according to Kanye, though. But you got to love a good coincidence. Uh, Scott says she was a generic woke suburban woke suburban woman who realized she could use her skin color to her advantage at conservative ink it is a it's a grift yeah and for revealed. a long time i was really on that side i kind of i'm kind of in the middle on that because again she was pretty anti-covid jab from the beginning if hey, I recall. T- to her credit she actually got uh kim classic the kim classic grift exposed oh come in maryland that basically there's another candace owens named kim classic who ran for congress if you watch the trump the 2020 Republican convention. She had the red dress commercial that they were touting at the time, got her butt kicked 70, 30 in the congressional district twice, actually lost harder the second time, but yeah, apparently she, uh, you know, strip clubs and all that. That was her past. Like, hey, Hey, Republicans hard Republican. You know, they went hardcore in uh, Maryland trying to recruit her, but I understand people change. And to some degree, Candace Owens has changed a lot over the years. And I mean a lot. So you're not sure when, but so is Tucker Carlson. Like you would not have guessed that Tucker Carlson would be nearly as based today as he, if you look at his history. So people do change. I think, you know, God does that. To, you, you see that in the space. Although Candace Owens says she's a Christian. I don't know when. She had a, you know, well, I mean, come to Jesus moment pro, in her life. She was pro Dave Rubin, so that uh, cast some doubt on that. Yeah, so, uh, uh, and again, I'm not aware of everything going on with these other people, but I have suspicion when, you know, you start out with social autopsy, and I don't know when you came to faith, you know, and then all of a sudden you're trying to do the Christian talking points thing. And then you do the Dave Rubin celebration, even though he's doing the exact same thing. You probably made fun of Pete Buttigieg for doing. Or those people, actually not the exact same thing as those people in Georgia were doing, but the baby steps prior. So uh, that does cover a lot. uh, And I'm not sure how much else we have to add. Uh, Anything you want to say on the subject? As the uh, social media wars go on, because I I do think this is a necessary fight because this is about a movement 
And this is about uh, a movement that can withstand our enemies. And our enemies aren't just in government. It's not just a Democrat party, but the entire corporate America complex, the, you know, you got the pharmaceutical companies. Actually, there's something I want to say about that in a second. But you have the big tech companies that are pretty much in bed with the government. And they do censorship. It's this classical fascism in a way. But when you look at TV and the number one advertiser on big T is big on, on TV is big pharma, big pharma advertisements are everywhere. So it's easy to see why cable news, local news, sports even went hardcore for branch Covidianism. It's easy to see that. What's less easy to see is why people like the daily wire did. But that when you realize, Hey, they rely so heavily on Facebook, they do not want to hurt their golden goose that's laying the golden eggs. And, you know, then you look at, you know, why is everyone else getting banned while they pretty much get, you know, get by with anything or with the, and it's because they stick with the Overton window. They don't mess with the Overton window. So when they want to champion Chris Rufo, who's a very, who's a relatively small player at the Daily Wire for his investigations in Loudoun County, it's good, that's good work that he did, but that wasn't breaking the Overton window at the time. And that was good work, but it didn't shatter the Overton window. Uh, I, Megan Basham, I think, did more to shatter the Overton window, but in a niche like Ben Shapiro, you know, does he care about this evangelical stuff? Probably not, but so, or whoever the editor in chief is over there, isn't going to like say, Hey, you can't do that. That's reaching the Overton window because they can't go against Russell Moore. Come on now. Yeah. I don't think they're going to do that, but, uh, I guess the point that I'm making is like she got by. I think Megan Basham does great work. Although another thing about Megan Basham is she is also downstream from a lot of discernment ministries and she works with discernment ministries. So credit to her as well. And I hope that the Daily Wire doesn't like own her content in perpetuity other than the articles that she wrote on the site, which makes more sense. You know, you can actually that's actually more enforceable without getting uh, creepy. So, uh, actually there's another subject that I want to talk about. Uh, Donald Trump is returning to Twitter and this is supposed to happen, I think on Monday, uh, your thoughts on this and how it affect truth social, because in my video on the Steven Crowder thing, I suggested that truth social might be trying to get in on this space and sign Steven Crowder. I mean, but I mean, now Trump's I mean, abandoning the truth social monopoly ship. Yeah, I mean, he'll probably get sued. Again, I've always said that truth social was his biggest legitimate legal liability because you basically are defrauding investors. It's pretty out in the open. It's not, oh, you kept hidden files that Americans don't care about. It's you robbed mom and pop on Wall Street from their retirement savings. So, and again, there, he actually, I mean, this, I mean, truth social pretty much is a fraud as far as the stock goes. So well, their only value proposition as a company is Donald Trump. Yeah. And I think they delayed their merger. So their S the S pack merger that was supposed to back roll them into 
into the stock exchange that got delayed. So, so I, that hasn't I even happened yet. I don't think it has. And this, of course, the stock has cratered from like $70 to $16. So I imagine they're packing up shop and hoping to sell it off at this point. But Well, I'm going to offer some pushback to that. Uh, because when has anyone ever won a lawsuit for uh, violating or when has ever anyone ever lost a lawsuit for being after being sued for fiduciary duty? And oh. those grounds. No, because not everyone's here's Donald a story. Trump. Here's a story. The Chicago Bear or Chicago Cubs, not the Chicago Bears. Chicago Cubs, way back when, were really slow with Wrigley Field to put lights in for night games. Night games would have an obvious fiduciary benefit to having, you know, games at night that people could go to after work. And someone sued the Chicago Cubs on fiduciary duty grounds because they wouldn't install lights for night games. And the Chicago Cubs won by arguing the community benefit of not having night games. So they had a much stronger case, I think, because Trump could say, I'm trying to funnel people on Twitter over to Truth Social. He could probably make that argument and tiptoe around that get the case summarily dismissed yeah but he's also donald trump so he's going to be hated especially if that case is tried in new york or something or you get a state's attorney that goes forward or a usda or sdny goes after it for again fraud and on the stock exchange so again that's where i think it it's the investors would sue him and obviously a lot of judges are unfavorable towards trump so they'll They'll pretty much uh, green light a case easily. I mean, Trump's basically a gun manufacturer. Yeah, I, I see your argument. I, I just don't think le- I don't think the legal merits of that case would work out. But even if on a practical level, I agree that there's merits to the fiduciary duty of him uh, giving up their company's only value proposition. But I thought that was an interesting note. Because, again, we're talking about business models here, and Truth Social is nothing without Trump, as Scott just said in the comment here. Uh, so if he goes back to Twitter, that whole platform shutters yeah, because it, it they built their foundation on sand. Basically, the only thing Truth Social will have been was a grift. You got a quick cash grab, just like your NFTs, and that's it. You walked away with a bunch of money, and your product pretty much uh, collapsed in a couple years. And uh, another thing I want to talk about is, are you familiar with the Tates, Andrew and Tristan Tate? Vaguely. It's kind of like, oh. We're we're... talking about unethical business models. In this case, it would be more immoral than unethical. Uh, I mean, I understand. You know how they got money. Well, This is something I learned recently because I'm like, I've had conversations like, how do they get their money? Like they were UFC fighters or kickboxers or something like that. Yeah, so there's, no that, they built, there's no way they built. There's no way they're getting also, the thirty Bugattis or whatever from that. Oh, cam, cam girls. Yeah, exactly. So but they uh, use pornography to get their money, and then and Andrew and Chris, Tristan Tate became like international role models for they they were uh, misguided use. They were in the manosphere. Yeah. 
So when you're talking about, you know, all these people who have risen high and prominent and they did so with unethical or in his case, immoral business models. And I think there's something of value to, you know, building on stone, even if it takes a little bit longer and remaining uncompromised. And that's the goal here, even though, uh, again, you know, we rely on Google a lot, uh, for search engine optimization for, uh, YouTube ad revenue, which is kind of a joke. And then for, uh, Google AdSense, which I'm not sure if is a joke or not, but, uh, it's better than word ads, which is a different companies. So, uh, yeah, I try to give as much inside baseball as I can just, you know, for people out there trying to do their own uh, platform or whatever. But uh, what we did was try to build as independent of big tech as possible. And it's interesting to see that Crowder's trying to do it, uh, or at least go independent on his own uh, and build his own network, which might probably look like locals. So the problem he's going to have is his head, if he has like 25 people, that's a waste. I mean, Tim Pool's independent. He's doing it on his own, but, you know, it's probably a small crew under 10 people. Crowder has the problem of the head count. So even though he can charge a premium, you're still 25 employees in a business that doesn't actually necessitate 25 people. Because I guess he does clickbait articles. Yeah, Crowder? Uh, yeah. Because he has the well, like Hannity.com, yeah, like a louder with Crowder website. Obviously, I think he probably has like people that fulfill the orders, but I mean, he contracts and he out. has writers for comedy sketches, which is kind of a joke. But I mean, his headcount is inefficient towards any operation. So if you were to go on his head, it, it's a more expensive enterprise, but I think he can succeed. So, and I, I certainly don't wish him any ill, especially if he's going to come out more red pilled from this experience. What I don't want to see is the largest YouTube, uh, you, Christian or conservative YouTuber to be completely soft. That's what I'd least like to see. So, uh, anyway, I should, uh, share one last screen. And that is, uh, if you want to support Evangelical Dark Web, we don't have Mug Club, but we do have our own Patreon-like system over at Patreon, or not Patreon, over at EvangelicalDarkWeb.org slash join. This is linked in the description below. And we have tiers, uh, and we got an upcoming book release. More on that to come on a book called Winning Not Winsome. And it's going to be the anti-Big Eva book. So we're going to do that this year. That's a pretty exciting. We're probably also going to live stream uh, the SBC and hopefully the PCA, uh, PCAGA as well. That'd be pretty awesome to do both. And uh, otherwise, uh, like the video on your way out. Uh, subscribe to the channel if you are new. And let me know what you think about what I think in the comments section below. Uh, have a blessed day day and we will catch you on the next one.